Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to the New England Hockey Journal RinkWise Podcast with your host, Kirk Ludicky, and here with Jeff Cox, co-hosting. Coxie, how are you? Good, Kirk. How are you? That's great. It's a great day to be doing uh, hockey and podcasts. We've had so many uh, good events that we've been able to attend in, in, in recent days, weeks. I'm looking forward to more. Uh, as always, everybody that's uh, interested in uh, what we have going on at the New England Hockey Journal, there's much to be seen, read, digested. Uh, we've got recaps of, of recent events and upcoming high-level hockey. I'm cer- certain uh, as the AAA schedule gets uh, f- you know gets going, we're going to see more high-level teams from inside and outside the region we will have we will have player rankings i know you're continuing on to monitor the uncommitted players from the region that are still out there and and, and have yet to make commitments to top level college programs as always you can download subscribe to the new england hockey journal rinkwise podcast on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts or download uh, our podcast at our website, www.hockeyjournal.com. That is also where you can subscribe to New England Hockey Journal to read all of our premium and exclusive content. We thank you for listening to our show. But before we get going on what we're going to talk about today, uh, you have an awesome opportunity to attend College Hockey's premier regular season tournament which is coming to Worcester, Massachusetts on October 8th and 9th as Holy Cross hosts the Icebreaker Tournament. Don't miss any of the action at the DCU Center in Worcester as Boston College, Northeastern, Quinnipiac, and Holy Cross take the ice to open the college hockey season 2021-22. Tickets are on sale now and are just $30 for a day pass and $50 for all four games. To experience an amazing weekend of college hockey, Head to GoHolyCross.com forward slash icebreaker to reserve your seats today. And on that note, Jeff, college hockey coming up. I know with the magazine, we're hard at work generating some stories for our college preview. A lot going on, but we're not going to necessarily focus on college today. Let's let's turn back the hands of time a little bit uh, to a little over a month ago. Uh, when the NHL draft took place, and uh, we had some we had some area players uh, go early, uh, it is in the case of of Maddie Beniers, and then we had some intriguing players go a little later on, um, Cooper Flinton, Alec Gagne, guys like that. So, um, just curious, let's talk about the 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 2021 NHL draft and and how the regional guys did, and what your thoughts are were on on some of those players. You know, I thought the the results from 2021 were fascinating just because some of the names that you had been hearing for a long time that were kind of the physical, the guys with gifted physical tools didn't necessarily go. Some of the players that were kind of late bloomers or guys that really worked hard to become an even better player over, overtook those, some of those guys. Um, Nate, uh, Nate Benoit from uh, Bowen, New Hampshire is a great example of that. No one really had any idea who, who he was until 18 months ago. Um, he went down to Mount St. Charles, had a terrific couple years with Matt Plant, who does a great job developing talent. I don't think there's anyone better right now at the 18U level um, than Matt Plant. He does just such a great job. Um, you know, he, he got a commitment to North Dakota. He got drafted by the Minnesota Wild. I think he's a great example of a kid who just kept persevering and He's not 6'3". He's not, you know, this elite, elite skater. He's a good skater. He plays with jam, but he's only six feet. Um, I just think, to me, that's a great example because I think a lot of the kids around here that are 6'2", 6'3", don't show some of that compete level, the compete that you need to get to that next level. And I, I think it's great that an NHL team stepped up, recognized that. And, you know, at the counter example, there, there were some guys that, just didn't didn't work hard and scouts saw that as the year went along they were on central scouting but um you know so i think you know 
a guy like Shane Lachance, obviously, is a, a, prog- a project. He's another guy that was lesser known. He was at Andover High a couple of years ago and went down to Tabor. He's a goal scorer, big kid. Skating hurts him right now. Um, even in the NCDC, the skating was just a detriment to him last year, but he's a player that I think could possibly be a, a player down the road, and Edmonton saw that. And then, you know, Flinton is another one, big kid, a little bit of a project, um, shoots it hard, plays a hard north-south game. I think that was a little bit more of a stretch um, than the other two guys I mentioned, but, you know, good player. Um, he does work hard. I had the yeah. I had the, the opportunity to coach him at the USHL Combine right. a couple of years ago. Yeah, no. And, yeah, that's the, that was the thing. Like, he – it was funny that on that that particular team, I had quite a few of these players that you're talking about that were at the time, and we got to remember this was 2019, so they were just many of them had just turned 16 or were not quite 16. It was it was two years ago, but they some of these players were um, they were projected to be on track to be NHL draft picks, and none of none of those players that were the quote unquote flashy names got drafted and yet Cooper right. Flinton who worked the, had the most consistent work ethic of you know he was raw but big and you know moved pretty well for his 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 right. size athletic just just a raw you know a raw player a little on the gangly yeah. side but he worked and mm-hmm. it was interesting that that the Tampa Bay yeah. you know took him it was late but you know inter- an interesting project like you right. said it's going to take a while it was interesting Tampa <clears throat> Bay took two New Hampshire guys towards the end of the draft obviously you mentioned Gagne before but um, you know, Brian Putnam's the regional scout up here. He does a lot of crossover stuff. I think he does a great job. He works hard. I agree. Um, you know, I thought Gagne, to me, is a player that proved that he wanted to be a hockey player. He left. He was going to go to Tabor. He made that Five Nations team, um, and he headed out to Cedar Rapids, played a couple. Played in Muskegon last year, but right. he, he challenged himself. You know, to me, I, I don't understand, the, you know, some of the kids – that don't want to challenge themselves in the top league in the country and then expect to get drafted. And it's, um, you know, to me, I think, you know, players like Gagne should be rewarded, and it's another another prime example of a NHL team picking a kid in his second year of draft eligibility, which is becoming more and more of a, a trend the last five, six years where, you know, in the past it seemed like everyone was in their first year of eligibility, you know, for the most part, and... I think more and more you're seeing guys in their second year of eligibility taken. I think it's it's a great thing because you know there was an, another player that got drafted a little earlier, not from not from New England, but Carter Mazur was drafted in the right. third round. Yeah, um, Tri City Storm, personal yeah. favorite. Yeah. You know, and I've always liked him, dating back to when I saw him with the Little Caesars <laughs> teams way back in the day. The Red Wings picked him, and he's a player that. And I'm not trying to pick on Minnesota high school or. New England prep, but if Carter Mazur had spent his draft year in New England prep or Minnesota high school, he would have put up huge, huge numbers. But, you know, he challenged himself. He went out to the USHL, didn't get drafted in that first year, right. um, came back, got better, got drafted in the second year. And, you know, there, there's other examples, but he, to me, he's a perfect example of a kid that should have probably been drafted. Someone should have taken a flyer on him in his first year of eligibility because they should have been doing the homework to realize that this kid's a good player. He's way better than a lot of kids that we think are good in high school or prep school circuit. Um, yeah, 100%. And, and of, of all the players that weren't on the Omaha Lancers, I would say I probably watched saw Carter, Carter Mazer the most mm. just because we played Tri-City the most. And, yeah, what I always noticed about him was he does so many of the little things that win you hockey games. Right. You know, he's above pucks, uh, you know, at the right times, and he's underneath when he needs to be, and he, and he competes, and he stops, and he, he's a very good skater, but he just yeah. his, his direction changes, and his, his compete, and, the, and just the details and habits, and, and, and having talked to a few of those Tri-City coaches, Coaches. like just great kid coachable kid um he, he, they even lauded his 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 parents you know just being very supportive and 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 there for him but not not too involved or concerned about playing time and 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 parents you know i gotta tell you uh you, we know you want the best for your kids and all but sometimes you have to just take a step back and and let them find their way and um 
you know, being involved, you know, and having trying to engage junior teams about your son's playing time is is probably not a a, a method I would recommend you you undertake, no matter how how passionate you might feel about the situation. I think that yeah. that one thing about Carter Mazur that, that that his coaches talked about was just how yeah. good of a, a kid he was, in addition to the to being a player, right. But uh, yeah, and it, you said something earlier that I want to go back to, and I'll have a little bit of discussion about because that's you made a great point, and that's this trend about you know NHL teams looking more and more at second year and third year eligible players. I think, and I, I don't, I don't have facts behind this. This is just, I would say, this is a theory. Um, it's it's not a science. I haven't employed the scientific method, but to test it. But I believe that the old culture, the old hockey culture. There was a there was a feeling that if you weren't drafted at eighteen, the train had kind of passed you by. You know, there was a reason. You know, if you weren't drafted at eighteen, it, it was there was a reason for that. And so teams were that that maybe utilized that traditional hockey scouting model of of, of getting most of their players from major junior. It's like, hey, if you're not if you're not good enough at eighteen, you're not going to be. But I think the world has really changed, and and teams are in are, are employing so much more innovative thinking in their in their approach to it what do you what do you think jeff and 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 what 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 do you ascribe this growing trend of of taking second and third year eligibles more and more to you know i think you're probably right on on that big first point but you know just to kind of expand on that nhl teams are now hiring guys to just scout college and not that every second year eligible just you know we mentioned a couple just now that played in the ushl but a lot of those second and third year eligible players that are getting drafted are now college guys that have proven they were deserving of being drafted josh lapina out of umass just got drafted in the most recent draft um going back a few years casey fitzgerald to give a local example right um didn't get drafted out of the national team program, but then got drafted as a uh, freshman at Boston College. I'm pretty sure Chase Prisky got drafted after his first year at Quinnipiac, but I could be wrong there. Um, but, you know, long story short, I think the, there's an emphasis on college free agency, which I think in turn has put more of a spotlight on, on the college game, and you're seeing more and more guys get getting drafted out of college in their second or third year of eligibility. And... I think the USHL, the overall growth of the USHL and how, how much more well-respected that league is now compared to 15, 20 years ago, helps everyone in the league, whether it be first year or second year. Um, so I just think it's the, the more exposure, the the USHL Fall Classics, obviously such a great event every year in Pittsburgh. You know, scouts, GMs, assistant GMs, director of scoutings all go to that event um and get to see obviously the the big names but also when you're when you're there what looking for the 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 quote-unquote studs on the national team maybe maybe those guys are saying hey this kid on you know an eastern conference team or a western conference team we need to we need to watch him more throughout the year right you know for me i remember a few years back it was uh it was well three going back 2018 sioux city had a had a real good line that really Popped at the at the fall classic, Bobby Brink and uh, Callie and Kaylee. You know those guys. Those those two really elevated. Uh, they were playing with. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the third. It was the Czech that was. They all three ended right. up being NHL draft picks, and his name's escaping me. But Sampo Ranta. No, no, it was the it was the it was the following it was the following year but i'll I'll pull it up but the bottom line is you mean you're exactly right i don't think a lot of necessarily nhl teams were going in there thinking that though you know maybe one of the three or two of the but but that line was just dominant and all three of those players ended up parlaying them you know parlaying their their start i should say in front of all of those eyes yeah. uh, and and they sustained it i mean that was the thing i mean bobby brink had an unbelievable year he, you know world junior a challenge gold medal and and uh you know ended up on the world under 18 championship team and just you know did a great job in the in the ushl and there's a lot of examples but i think you're exactly right that's 
that's important and it, and and it, it just reinforces the players have to they can't leave these opportunities by the wayside let them go by the wayside you know mm-hmm. be ready um, it's you know when you're when you're looking at these early season events you're really looking for the base that's your baseline and you're using that to then chart the progress during the year right and yeah. so if you can start out with a really good baseline you can you can get, put yourself in prime position because if they like you early and you progress then they're going to like you late right i think that's a it's a great lesson to kids that no matter what the event is you know no matter how many scouts you think are there or who you're playing you never know when someone might be there watching you so you got to put your best foot forward every game you gotta you know there's plenty of time to have fun and joke around with your friends but when when you're when you're on the ice you got to take it take it seriously play it like it's your every shift your last shift yeah 100 percent. so let's look ahead now um we've got a you know pretty decent i think uh regional group of players that are eligible for next year's nhl draft and um well, let's just have a free-flowing conversation. I mean, you've you've been watching these guys for years, and you've got a real good handle on it. You've written about it. Uh, for those of you maybe that haven't seen it, we posted on uh, HockeyJournal.com recently online your your articles of both the 20, 2022 draft prospects and 2023, which we'll get to a little later. Uh, but also, if you have the copy of our our uh, july and august edition of new england hockey journal those those stories are in there so you know let's just start we'll start at the top you talked about um it's he's not a second year eligible but he's going to be a freshman at, at northeastern as a late uh as a late 03 uh, birth year player uh, jack hughes the other jack hughes if you will right so you know jack hughes is a as you mentioned the late 03 um i saw him a lot coming up through the through the ranks with the Eagles 03 team starting in their bantam year his dad Ken Hughes who's a obviously very well-known NHL agent um with Cortex he he coached that team um had a lot of good players on it including you know Tim DeLay who's committed to BC um Nolan Joyce who's committed to BC Cully Wilson who's still out there um some other guys but Jack Hughes was always kind of the most skilled best offensive instincts on that team um he's a he's a lot different than his older brother riley who's a junior at northeastern draft pick of the rangers um might not be quite as big as riley but definitely you know has a little bit more skill um skating's even better um hockey sense is good obviously i think the thing that really stands out to me is that he has a little bit of jam to his game um and you know willing to play between the dots and you know i think he's a he's a for sure first round pick you know there's one other kid in this class that i think could potentially get into the first round but to me jack hughes is the only new englander that i sit here right now and can confidently say he's a first round nhl draft pick yeah and um just that he's just curious about your thoughts on how he's gonna fit in uh, it is a pretty experienced, deep group at Northeastern, but at the same right. time, they have some. They have an impressive right. incoming freshman class. Right. I mean, Northeastern's just done such a great job on the recruiting trail the last few years. Um, they ended up having to send some kids elsewhere that were really good hockey players, or you know, send elsewhere is the right word, but kids that were originally committed to Northeastern, like a Chase Bradley, like a Nate Hanley. They, they're both now going to UConn, um, and they're really good hockey players, but Northeastern did such a good job on the recruiting trail that they, they, there wasn't room for them right now. So um, that just kind of shows you how tough it's going to be for Jack Hughes and other players to crack the lineup um, at Northeastern. But I, you know, Jerry, Jerry Keefe is always kind of, in the last few years, has definitely been running the show, even as the associate head coach. He's he's doesn't shy away from playing the younger players he doesn't shy away from giving them a lot of ice time like I remember the year that um Zach Aston Reese and Adam Godet were there they, they never came off the ice it seemed like and um yeah I think to that point I think Hughes will get plenty of ice time I think guys like Colangelo the Jackson brothers Gunnar Fontaine um 
those kids are going to get a lot of ice time. Um, Northeastern plays a little bit less of a structured game than others, and I think there's two ways to look at it. You could say, you know, Jack Hughes might struggle a little bit against older older competition, you know, when he's going up against some of the hockey East teams that have older defensemen, 23, 24-year-olds, he might struggle. But at the same point, I think he has a chance to prove that he can do it against older players. And I think, you know, there's going to be a sliding, a sliding scale. You know, you can't expect him to put up 45, 50 points or, you know, whatever a little over a point per game is at Northeastern where, you know, if he was still at the in the USHL or BCHL or whatever else, you'd expect him to put up over a point per game, you know, to be a first round pick. So I think it'll be, int- I think it's an interesting um, case study to watch him and see how he does at, at Northeastern because he's definitely not as physically mature as a Jack Eichel. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to compare him to Jack Eichel at all, right, but like yeah, no. what I, what I mean by that is, you know, I think Eichel was a little bit more of a, a big bodied, you know, physical specimen, no, Noah Hannafin, same way, you know, Jack Hughes is a great player in his own right, but he's definitely not, he's definitely not going to be overpowering any, um, any 23, 24 year old defensemen that are, you know, especially this year with COVID there, there could be 25 year olds out there, right. you know, guys that are in their fifth year of eligibility. Um, so it's going to be hard, but I, I think I think he'll be, I think he'll be all right. I think Northeastern will put him in good, good uh, positions to have success. These those guys will be turning twenty six during the season. Right, I mean that's yeah, hard to. I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, some guys that would be twenty five year old, right. you know, seniors, and that just seemed, you know, it, it, it reminds you that they're right. really in the college game. They really are playing against men, but. Uh, yeah, in, in, interesting. Martin Pospisil, by the way, circuit circling back, was that third Sioux City musketeer that was eluding me. Uh, it was driving me crazy. Those guys finished one, two, and three on, on the team and scoring all well above a point per game. Yeah. Brink, Pospisil, and Callian Keeley, all three drafted second, uh, third, uh, fourth round, I believe, in the NHL draft. So kids... You know, bring it. Bring your best effort. Um, you never know who's going to be watching, as, as as Jeff said. And a player like Jack Hughes, you coming out, come you know, left the area um, for a couple of years and played for the for the program, the national team in, in Plymouth, Michigan. And now he gets to come back and and play for the Huskies. A couple of other players that have uh, that are leaving leaving New England to go out out to the USHL that are expected to be pretty. You know, at least talent-wise, and going into the season, pretty pre- projected to go relatively high in the in the draft. Talk. Let's uh, let's talk about those guys, Jeff. Yeah, the next three three players on my on my rankings for New England twenty twenty two draft prospects are all going to play in the USHL this year. One played in the USHL last year. I'll start with Cameron Lund, who um, came up through the South Shore Kings O four team that we mentioned earlier. Um, just a really skilled player with great offensive instincts. Um, good skater, has the length to his game. He played at the Junior Bruins last year. He went to Cushing. Um, obviously, Cushing had the had the problems getting started with COVID, but you know he did you know develop part of his time at Cushing. Um, but to me, he's he's kind of the wild card of this class because. There, you can go to a game and see one Cam Lund, and then go to the next game and see a whole different Cam Lund. And to me, for he could be a first round pick, late first round pick if he played consistently and played between the dots, was engaged, played a disciplined game. He's got the all the physical tools and thinks thinks it pretty well offensively to be a first round pick. But I, I want to see that more consistently. I want to see him play between the dots. I want to see him be harder and heavier on pucks um but he was out in buffalo i didn't think he played his best at the 17 camp but he was it was intriguing and all the nhl guys that were there were intrigued because of the physical tools that were there was no one else in at the 17 camp this year whose physical tools matched up to his right and but, i don't think it's an unfair what you're saying is it's it's a fair assessment i mean you can even point to the helinka gretzky cup performance you know, and we have the opportunity to watch that on on film, and you know, you're talking about a four goal game that he scored 
against uh, I think it was Germany if I'm yeah. not if I'm not mistaken and you know, unfortunately the United States team didn't 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 meet expectations and they had there was some talent on that team right. but it's the consistency piece outside of the four four goal game to, you know did he bring that same level of 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 dangerous offensive presence and right. you know I think you know the, the I mean sometimes the statistics statistics don't lie um so i'm with you i i I think he's and even watching him briefly in the in in green bay albeit video because we didn't play we didn't play the eastern conference last year unfortunately due to covid so i didn't get to see him live but watching some of the things like you saw some advanced recognition ability to get to the net um you know his obvious skill level and the, the way he's able to get around the, the ice sheet at his size i mean it's all nhl nhl level so if he can really find that way to find that find that ability to find that that consistent even just the middle ground you know scouts you know as you know will talk about if you don't have your a game that's okay but 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 it needs to be a B game, All right. you know, and, and so he's very intriguing. Yeah, for sure. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. If you love college hockey and want an inside look at the game, get a copy of the book, Great Game, D1 College Hockey, People, Places, Perspectives. From the emotions of Frozen Fours to the atmosphere and classic venues, Bruce Haas has captured the passion that people have for the college game through interviews with players, coaches, officials, and fans. No other book captures the spirit of college hockey like this does. Great Game makes a great gift for the holidays for a college hockey fan. Score your copy of Great Game today on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Atascabooks.com, or at your local bookstore. The next guy I have on my list is Ryan Healy from Hall, Mass. Played Boston Advantage growing up. Uh, great skater. The the skating's just jumps right off at you. The ability to possess pucks, push pucks up ice. Get pucks going in the right direction. Um, all all great assets. You know he can change the tune of a game in a second just because when he's on the ice, your team's not defending too often. the The concern is that when he does have to defend, his his backward skating and his ability to defend is a, it's a work in progress. Um, I think he's a he's a really good hockey player, and you know I don't think his inability to defend right now is so glaring of a weakness that I write it off, but it's definitely something that needs to get better. Um, and I think he knows that, you know, he's challenged himself by going out to Sioux Falls last year. He played some games with the NDDP as well. Um, was it the Gretzky cup? You know, to me, I think he's, his skating is just with the way the game is trending. You, you can't overlook the fact that he's that good of a skater and you know, he's everyone talks about Corsi and all the other analytics now. Like to me, obviously you don't have Corsi for midget hockey when I was watching him with the Boston Advantage, but he had the puck on a stick the whole game. And um I I think if he has a good year in Sioux Falls, he's probably a second round pick. Yeah, and look, Sioux Falls they're coached by a former NHL player and Marty Murray, so he knows he knows what it takes to to, to to reach the highest levels of the sport. Um, just curious, based on what you know about Ryan Healy, what are the things that he's going to have to focus on the most to to be that that early pick, to be that player who's not only you know going to get drafted and it looks like he'll he'll be drafted, um, but not only get drafted, but but to actually maximize his gifts and and and, and achieve the goals that he sets for himself to reach the highest levels of the sport. I think, you know, he, he's still, he still has a, a smaller frame. You know, he's not a, even though he, I think he's six one now, he's still, um, he hasn't fully developed, matured physically. I think once he bulks up more, gets in the, in the weight room, gets stronger, tougher, he'll be, he'll be better defensively because he can obviously defend with his feet, but you have to, even if you are defending with your feet, you have to have a little bit of mu- muscle mass to be able to withhold and stand your ground against some of those big, big power forwards that are coming down the lane. So I think just getting stronger, you know, starting to – the game came easy to him. He was such a great player. He's been a great player for years now. He didn't really have to defend when he was playing around here. Um, 
So I think being out in the USHL last year, being out in the USHL this year will help him to get experience defending. And, you know, I think Harvard commit, um, I think he's going to be a really great college player. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play for Harvard. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I think he's a second, third-round pick. Um, skating's just too good to pass up, in my opinion. Oh, very good. Okay, so who's who, who's uh, who's next on the hit parade? Next is another Northeastern commit. You know, on top of obviously Lund was committed to Northeastern. Hughes is at Northeastern. Just shows you how good of a job Jerry Keefe, um, Jim Madigan before he retired to go become the athletic director, and Mike McLaughlin now Mike Levine. Just such a great job that they're doing on the recruiting trail. Jackson Dorrington from North Reading, Mass, played for Cushing as an eighth grader. Um, just a, a young kid who um, has been really, really good for a couple years now, but good, really good um, skater as well, p- promotes possession. Um, a little bit bigger and more physical than uh, Healy. Um, you know, I don't think he's, he's quite as gifted skating-wise as Healy, but definitely what I was impressed with when I saw him out in Buffalo at the 17 camp was he, he delivered some huge hits, played hard, was tough to play against um really the first time that i saw him kind of take his game to the next level um like i always was like this kid is good he has a lot of promise um out at that 17 camp i I was very impressed i thought he took a huge step and i'm i'm interested to see how he does out in the ushl this year because i expect him to have a good year with des moines um just you know big kid be physical um can also help help offensively push pucks up ice I think he has it all and I think athletically he's as gifted as anyone in this class for for around here yeah I think they're gonna like him in the Bucky arena uh, for for people that have never been been in Des Moines uh there they have got they have an old school barn and let's just say that the acoustics amplify the robust spirit of the crowd um, I remember talking to Owen Fowler recently, and he'd started out his USHL career in Des Moines, and he was he was talking about how he was used to just having parents be at games growing up around here, and then when there were actual fans that are pretty rowdy, some of the most the greatest chirps I've ever heard in any hockey building have come out of come out of the Buccaneer Buccaneer Arena. So I think with that smaller, it's a, it's a smaller ice surface. Yep. And I think a player like Dorrington is going to probably be, be pretty effective there, uh, because one of what's interesting with Des Moines is they don't always have the team that's best suited to play on that smaller surface. You know, there have been times when they've been had more of a faster, smaller skill team that would be better, better equipped to be on a larger sheet. You know, mm-hmm. to maximize that. And so, I want to think that just kind of looking at some of the players that the, the Des Moines is bringing in, they're kind of trying to, to, to get a little a little heavier and a little harder. And I think you know, Dorrington certainly is going to, with his size and his, he does, I mean, he's the modern defenseman, wouldn't you say, just in terms of his his skill level, but he's also got a little bit of that, that bite to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think it's going to be an interesting year in the in the USHL for, for, for regional guys, but outside of that, is there is there anyone else that's 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 playing or playing out in that in that league or in junior? Or are we are we looking more the next round of guys being being back here in the region playing prep and split season or, or full season? Right. Stuff? I have a few guys on my on my list that are out in the USHL, but next up, I do a, I do have a little bit of a run of kids from around here, and they're all um, they're all kids on the East Coast Wizards. Um, which is one of the split-season teams around here. Um, first up is Ben McDonald, who longtime New England hockey fans recognize the name. Lane McDonald, he won the Hobie Baker in um, 1989 right. when Harvard won the national championship. So Ben is his son. Um, and his teammate was Ted Donato, of course. Yeah. Um, so Ben is, <clears throat> no, not surprisingly, committed to Harvard. Um, he's always been a player that I've noticed smart, 200 foot plays a complete honest reliable game over the last 12 18 months his his athletic ability has just taken off his uh, skating has become more dynamic his skill has increased um you know if, if there's anyone in my top five who's 
really improved, taking his game to the next level, it's him. You know, he's he's fifth on my list, but a few years ago, I probably would have had him more in like the 15 to 20th range of 04s in New England. Um, and he's just taken his game to a whole new level. Um, really good player, had a really impressive performance out in Buffalo. It's been good every time I've seen him around here. Um, he'll be at Nobles when the prep season starts, which is where he's been. Um, but again, like I, I think the future is bright for Ben McDonald and you know, I I always like when I'm when I'm evaluating players. I like seeing kids that are trending in the right direction, and Ben McDonald's trending in the right direction. No, I agree. Plays fast, plays hard. Always, you always notice him when he's right. out there. Yeah, so much pace. All right. Next up, I got uh, Michael Fisher, who's another player trending in the right direction. I've seen him for a few years now. Um, always thought there was something there. Good player, good stick, size. Um, Skates pretty well for a big guy. He's also taken his game to a whole new level. He committed to Princeton this summer. Um, I think there are a whole bunch of schools around here that are probably a little disappointed that they didn't jump on him earlier. Um, You know, he's... Hockey sense needs to improve a little bit, and I I don't mean that in a... He's a dumb hockey player, because he's not, but I think he needs to sometimes just know when to pick and choose his spots and, and to kind of accept that his identity is a big physical defenseman who can, you know, I'm not saying he can't jump into the play and contribute offensively, but just kind of reel that in a little bit. And um, once he experiences the game a little bit more, I, you know, I, I don't think, I always say that there's two different kinds of hockey sense when it comes to being bad at hockey sense. And there, there's the kids that you see that just, there's no chance that they can ever, become a better hockey player in terms of their brain I don't see that with Fisher I, I think some of his deficiencies in that in that area can get better with experience and just playing the game more and more and um and when I, you just just to interject like when you talk about that that they're not going to get better with their brain it's we're talking vision we're talking instincts right. the ability to read read broad those are the right those are the things that really can't be taught coached right. watched on a video yeah and I, I think with Fisher it's not that it's just it's just some small habits and detail-oriented things that he'll he'll understand once he gets, you know, he's going to play for Carl Corzini at St. Mark's this year as a great coach, um, played at BU, played in the NHL. But I think once he, you know, gets to the USHL the year after and gets to college, I think, I think that will continue to evolve and he'll become an even better player. Um, next up, I got another Fisher, unrelated. Um, James Fisher is a recent commit to Northeastern, kid from Wilmington, Mass., um, also on the East Coast Wizards, I first saw him play with the Junior Bruins when he played on their 16U team during his 14U year. He's always been a big kid, um, good around the net, loves to shoot it. He'll shoot it from anywhere, has a hard shot. Um, right at the end of his freshman year at Belmont Hill, the year after he left the Junior Bruins full-season team, I thought he started to kind of finally put it together. He was good again Um Last fall with the East Coast Wizards, I didn't see, I think Belmont Hill only played one or two games last year, scrimmages, but you know I saw him a few times in the fall with the East Coast Wizards 16U team on the line with Ben McDonald, and he just continued to show that he had taken his game to a next level. It was great this summer, saw him a couple times. I, um, you know, this 04 group's obviously very deep. He didn't make it to the national camp out of uh, the Mass Festival. But I saw him, he played in the Foxborough Prep, uh, the summer league down there that Tyler Holsky put on, and I thought he was great there. Um, so, you know, again, obviously Northeastern saw a lot in him. They committed him a, a couple weeks ago. You know, he's just a power forward that's a big kid, skates well, has some NHL upset. Um, he's probably, we're probably getting into now the, the later round picks, the kids that are, you know, good players, but have some potential but aren't aren't sure fire things yeah, so you know like raw guys right um you know next up i have andon serbone who's from stanford connecticut he's out at uh chicago steel in the ushl it'll be a second year out there he's a super skilled uh forward he can play center or left wing he's a left shot um to me he comes off the wall really well in the power play some of his off- offensive instincts are very good the Skill-wise and skating-wise, he probably should be a little higher on this list. I 
I question if he's one-dimensional. I think he's a really good player, but I worry a little bit about his complete game comparatively to some of the guys higher on the list. Um, but you know, power. If he, if you're looking for a power play specialist, a, a skilled, a skilled forward, he's your guy. Um, you know, I think he'll get better as he. He's another kid that'll get better as he bulks up a little bit. Um, like I said, it's a it's a really deep group here in New England this year. Um, so you know, in in a lot of other years, and on Sermon would be a lot higher than eighth on my list, and I don't. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if after half the season he he's up higher on, on my list than other people's list. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Next up, I, I got Michael Callow from. Uh, he's a South South Boston kid. Plays Cape Cod Whalers in the past. He's with the Eagles this year. Um, he's at Saint Sebastian's. He's a big kid with all the physical tools in the world. Um, right shot, power forward, can drive the net when he wants to. Harvard commit. He's got to be more consistent. Plain and simple. Um, you know, he's he has to be willing to pay the price every shift. Um, because with his frame and his his skill set, the only way he's going to be successful at college and at the next level in the NHL is if he plays hard. And you know, he's he's got to play hard. And um, you know the tools are there. I, I just want to see him play harder and be heavier and right. play between the dots. And you know I I think it's hard for a lot of kids, especially in the day of skills coaches. And you know I'm not I'm not trying to insult skills coaches here, but between skills coaches, Instagram, Twitter, all the, you know, you don't see as much, you know, power, power moves to the net or the, the power game. So a lot of kids want to be the skilled forwards or, you know, play a finesse game. And to me, the only way Callow is going to be successful is if he plays a power game. Can't be as, he's not a skill guy. He's not a finesse guy. He's got to play that power game. If he learns to play that power game and, and accepts that identity and plays hard every shift, he's a guy that could play in the NHL. Um, there's no doubt about it, but right now, I, w- I just want to see him be a little bit heavier and harder. Yeah, to play I mean, against. He takes over. You, you can see him. You watch him. I've, you know, I've I've had a chance now to watch him a good bit. You know, going back to the Beantown Summer Classic and uh, the early season fall games, and it's you know you see him take over a shift. Yeah, and it's I mean, there aren't many guys at this level, right? You know, at this age group that can stop him. Right. When and you know again, it's about you know, he's got to move his feet. He's got to yeah. he's got to you know. And, and look, I, again, we're we're being honest in the assessment here, and and um, you know the the pro teams are looking. There are a lot of big guys that have tools. Right, there are a lot. I mean, the players are getting bigger, stronger, faster every year, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's what are the other things you do that that allow you to separate from the pack, right. and 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 um, I, you certainly see the potential. Yeah. There. I mean, like you mentioned, the fact that he can take over games almost makes it more challenging for him because that's what you're expecting every shift. You know, like he gives you that taste of, and you want to see that more. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think the expectations are higher for him. You know, he's a he's a great player regardless, but um, you know, I think you see the potential for him to be such a great player that you want to see that every shift, not just here and there. Um, so, you know, like I said, we're kind of on a run of prep school kids for a while. We got Declan Lofney, who suffered an injury last year and missed a lot of the year. Um, plays for the Cape Cod Whalers at their academy. Um, he's a kid with, when he's on top of his game, you know, playing healthy, he, he can protect pucks, fend off opposing four checkers, push, push the pace up ice, get pucks going north. He has a good shot. He plays with some jam, has a physical element to his game. 
obviously needs to get healthy again. Had a had an injury last year, and then had another setback over the summer. So hopefully he can um, you know get healthy again. And you know, obviously want to go a little bit quicker here. You know, over the next couple of guys, if you don't mind. No, um, yeah, just we'll, we'll hit them, and then right. let's try to let's hit some twenty twenty three guys. But yeah, sure. You know, Brady Burrard and Charlie Letty are two guys that are out at the national team development program. They were the only two New Englanders to make that program. Oh. Um, and, you know, Berard's obviously an athlete. Um, he didn't start off having the year out in the with the U-17 team that I'm sure he would have liked to, but I think it's important with him to remember that Brett, his older brother, who's an O2, who's at Providence now, he also didn't have the hottest of starts out there and just kept getting better and better. So I think, you know, Berard's probably in the, in the right spot right now at 11th, but, you know, I think there's the – there's enough in the pipeline there – for me to think that he could could make an improvement up up the uh, up the list, uh, Charlie Letty is a big kid. has he has the ability to be physical, but I want to see that more often. Has a pretty good shot. He had a pretty good year. He actually exceeded my expectations during his U seventeen year. Um, we'll see how he does at the NTDP this year. He's a Boston College commit. Berard's committed to Providence. Um, then I got um, CJ Foley, who's just a great skater plays the game the right way, plays hard. He's got to defend a little bit better um, as a defenseman. He's he's been one of those kids that's versatile. He's played. I've seen him play wing. I've seen him play center. I've seen mm. him play D. No, he's very athletic. Um, athletic kid. His dad played baseball at Northeastern. I think, you know, size isn't great um, for an offensive defenseman, you know, defenseman that – but, again, I think he's a really good player. To me, he's one of the top uncommitted 0-4s in the, uh, in the country. And um, – you know, a lot of athleticism plays plays the game hard. Once he starts defending better, I think there's a potential here. But right now, he's a watch in my opinion. Um, Connor Welch is another kid who um, Boston College commit from uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. Plays at Brunswick. Plays mid Fairfield. You see that kind of quick twitch. There, there's a lot to like in his game. I think he has a lot of potential. It's not there yet. There's some shifts where he can be really good. Um, for him, it's not a lack of desire. I think he wants to be a good hockey player. He competes hard, um, plays the game the right way, but I think it, the whole package is kind of still very raw, and he's a player that I think projects well. Um, then Chris Romain, you know, local kid, Milton Academy from Braintree, um, Cape Cod Whalers, or South Shore Kings prep team. Um, he's just a great, great skater. Wow. Has a lot of skill, pushes the pace. Um, great breakout guy. Like he's one of the best breakout guys in, in the area, um, and he's gotten bigger over the course of the year. I think it's a great commit for Providence. Recent commit for Providence. I know there are a lot of schools on him, including some of the Ivies. Um, then Grayson Badger could be one of my favorite O fours. Yeah, um, man, I could and, talk about him all day. Yeah, and to me, you can talk about his skating. His skating's not as pretty as some others. You can talk about his skill that he gets a lot of chances and doesn't always bury them you can talk about his hockey sense that it's still a little bit of a work in progress but to me his compete level is just off the charts he he competes more in one shift than a lot of guys do in their entire career yeah. um, and he's such an athlete too right. so i think you can fix you can certainly fix the skating because yeah. he's so athletic but and, that and, heart right and like i say you know his motor his his skating isn't pretty, but he gets around the cage. Yeah, you know, he, he gets around the. I don't mean the cage. He gets around the ice. Um, well, he gets around the cage right, pretty yeah. well. I mean, like, I, drive, I, every yeah. time I see him, he's around the net. Right. He's buzzing the net relentlessly. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that too. But that is no, that works. Right. You know, he, he stops at the net. <laughs> Out in Buffalo at the seventeen camp, he seemed to score every big goal his team needed. Um, he's just a gamer, and I think his hockey sense has gotten better. Uh, I noticed Danny Donato was working with him a little bit on that last year, some things mm-hmm. like being the third man high and not always just, you know, he plays the game at such a pace, which is great to see, but sometimes he can't always just be a thousand miles per hour the whole time. And I think Donato, you know, worked with him on, you know, being the third man high and some of the other intricacies of the game that he might not have really learned before playing at, you know, Brookline high and playing split season with the Whalers. Um, so, you know, but to me, he's just, he's, a, he's one of my favorite players in this class, just a hard worker. Um, like, I don't want to compare him to Noel Achari, but, you know, to me, like he, he could be a Noel Achari type that just un- overcomes some of the 
things that scouts are worried about, and he'll find, in my opinion, he'll find a way to be a really good player at Northeastern, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a way to get in the NHL someday. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would not bet against you on that. Okay, we have some that that is a great rundown. We have some time. Let's. Let's look at the you know just the, just the top end of the, the 2023 draft because it is such a far it's so far out and we're looking at some late 04s and right. and uh, or yeah some late 04s and uh, some you know 05s for next year so what, uh, what what do you have for us there? Well, the first guy has been the first guy for a long time. Uh, Will Smith has come yeah. up with the Junior Eagles organization. He played at St. Sebastian's last year in some scrimmages. Um, he's headed out to the national team development program for the next two years. He's committed to Northeastern from Lexington. He has all the physical tools. He can um, be a power forward, but he has some skill, skates well, protects pucks down low, can find open guys, shoots it. He, he can do it all offensively. And, um, the thing that I was most impressed with last year is the knock on him in the past was that he didn't show as much effort in the defensive zone and didn't show as much effort when he was away from the puck. I thought that got way better last year. Um, I, I really liked what I saw. And with a player of his ability, it, he's always going to be a guy that can take over a game and change the tune of a game and with an offensive shift. So he doesn't necessarily need to be you know, the Patrice Bergeron type player that, you know, is just as reliable on the defensive side of the puck as he is on the offensive side of the puck. But it impressed me that he showed that desire to get better and, you know, put himself in that kind of uncomfortable position, you know, defensively that he hadn't been used to or hadn't shown in the past. So I I give him a lot of credit. Um, He was great at the 40-man camp, Um, just a really good player Um, and, you know, a huge get for Northeastern if they can hold on to him. Obviously, you know, there's some family history at Boston College there, um, and you know the rumors around the ranks. But you know, like I said, I think Northeastern does such a great job on the recruiting. You know, if they can hold on to him, it'd be a huge get because he's a, to me, he's a potential top ten NHL draft pick. Wow. Okay. Uh, next, next up is Ryan Leonard, who's a, another another kid with a familiar last name to local hockey fans. His older brother John played three years at UMass, signed with San Jose, he had a great stint with Pope Francis or Springfield Cathedral, whatever they were back in the day when he played there. Ryan played at Pope Francis the last couple of years for uh, Brian Foley, also played Springfield uh, Rifles. Just a, a really gifted offensive player. He uh, has a great shot. He's he's a goal scorer, but I think one of the under underlooked things in his game is how well he sees the ice and he can make some great plays. Um, you know, I think he's a, he's a wing. Like, he at the end of the day, he's a wing. He played some center for Pope Francis last year because at the high school level, obviously, it, it's it's a different game. But you know, going forward, I project him as a as a right wing at the at the program. Um, just a power forward who plays the game hard. Um, has a little bit, plays the game with a little bit of an edge. Um, you know, shows his emo- he wears his emotions on his sleeve sometimes, which obviously, I'd, you know, people people have made comments about that. But to me, I'd rather see a kid show emotion than not show you know right i'd rather have have to reel a kid in than, yeah then you you sit sit in the stands and you watch that kid you're like does that kid even have a heart a, a heartbeat out there so to me you know i i like that in leonard's game that he he'll you know bang his stick once in a while he'll 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 yell at a ref or you know be upset about something to me i'd, I'd rather see that than a kid who just doesn't care sure. um so you know i have leonard as the second best um oh five or 2023 prospect right now will mcdonough's my third rated prospect right now he was a um kid from boston advantage who made the 40-man camp um didn't end up making the team he'll be back with the boston advantage organization this year play from their 18u team play some games with their ncdc team probably end up playing a couple games in the ushl as well um went pretty high in the draft yeah first round pick in the ushl he's a power forward great shot he's Another kid we're talking about Badger, but he just hangs around the net like for years now. He McDonough's played up for a couple of years, um, and he just always seems to hang around the net and find loose change to put in the back of the net. Um, and he, he comes off the wall strong, um, you know, protects pucks. Big kid. His skating is needs to get better. It's not by any means a complete disaster, but you know, for him to take that next step 
he needs to improve his skating. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's still got plenty of time to do that. Um, it's already gotten better, so I expect it to continue to get better. Yeah. Um, he's, he's uncommitted, so he's one of the better, you know, 05s that um, is still left on the table. Going back to Leonard real quick, he is committed to Boston College, which surprised a lot of people. Is, you know, right, right. You know, a lot going. of people thought he was going to UMass yeah. for sure, myself included. Um, but he ended up at BC, and BC's already got a, a, a great 05 class between um, Leonard, Araminetian, Drew Fortescue, who are both mid-Fairfield products who are now at the program. Um, they're both New York kids. Um, and then kind of gets me to the next kid that we want to talk about, Will Vogt. Um, you know, the only knock on, on Vote to me is his size. So, like, mm-hmm. He doesn't have great size. He's from Arlington, played at Dexter Southfield. He's now with the national team. Um, there, there is not a more complete 200-foot smart hockey player in this class than him. You know, as far as the U.S. kids, I can't speak for the Canadians and the right. Europeans, but as far as the U.S. kids in the 05 class and the late 04 class go, he's, he's just such a smart 200-foot, well-rounded player, makes players around him better. I always talk about you, you, want, you want a kid who other kids want to play with, and everyone wants to play with Will Vogt. He just makes players better. He plays the game the right way. For a smaller kid, he competes hard. He, he wins puck battles by being smart, by doing a lot of the little things. Uh, he's just he's one of my favorite players in this class, and I uh, just really enjoy watching him play. Um, that's, 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 uh, that's great. You know, and that's probably a, a good, a good place to, to hold it. I mean, right. we, are, we have, we have focused on the draft. It's been a, it's been a great discussion. We've okay. recapped, we've recapped. Is there, is there just what, one last shot, one last, is there, is there one more you, you, yeah, you want to get Real quick, in? Yeah. I just want to kind of talk about that's, two. That's good. Two yeah. late, two late oh fours. Two late oh fours. Um, Sean Keohane from Dexter Southfield mm-hmm. and South Shore Kings prep, big kid, um, a lot of physical tools, and then this is a kid I really want to talk about real, real quick. Donovan Frias, he just committed to Yale mm. yesterday. Um, you know, I don't know when this podcast will go to air, but um, you know, when we're when we're here, here talking, he committed yesterday, and uh, he's a kid from St. George's. Played Boston Imperials last year. He's now with the South Shore Kings prep team. Um, he's gotten so much better. His skating was not great as a U15 player. You, you saw some potential with his size and his. Um, ability to get to the net but his skating's gotten a lot better he plays a physical element him and his twin brother julian both committed to you uh to yale and uh i i think donovan frias has a chance to get drafted and i think he's a late bloomer that is wildly underrated he didn't even make it to the second weekend of mass festival which i i still think is a travesty but just shows that how how far his game has come that he's now committed to an ivy league school um getting some Definitely some love for me in terms of the NHL draft, and but the college coaches that were that were picking those teams at the Mass Festival, they didn't even think he was good enough to advance to the second weekend. So it just shows how far he's come. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? And, and the great thing about him and, and his brother, his brother's very competitive. You know, he's yeah. not that he doesn't have the maybe the the pro potential of, of Donovan, but Julian is competitive, works hard, and the, both of those guys are scoring a lot. They're yeah. around the net a lot. I, I've been impressed with yeah, the twins very. for sure. But uh, this has been this has been great. I am going to put you on the spot. Um, so, in the few seconds before we go, we're going to do a little rapid fire. Okay. Um, again, it's it's first thing that comes to mind. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think these are anything that will be out of your wheelhouse. But quick responses, and then you know what? We'll we'll go back and we'll listen to it in a few months, and we'll see we'll see how things have changed. Maybe sounds huh? good. It's time for rapid fire. Biggest surprise player in summer prep league? Donovan Frias. Okay. Best player you saw over the Labor Day weekend? Probably Trevor Conley from the Long Island Gulls, who's up here. Top goalie you've watched both in the summer and fall? Oh, Sam Scopa. Next 04 you think will be committed? CJ Foley. Best team you've seen so far in any division? Long Island Gulls, 16U. Most impressive 05 committed player? Um, will Smith. And last one, what team are you looking forward to seeing for the first time? Mount St. Charles. They always have a great program, great organization, and looking forward. Heard some great things already, so looking forward to seeing them playing in life. That makes two of us because I will be joining you, and I am very much looking forward to that as well. So 
again, Jeff, it's been a great it's been a great show. Thank you for the uh, the recapping of so many so many players. Again, the the the, the bottom line here for for the listeners is there's a lot of real top end. Not just top end talent. When you talk about Maddie Beneers, who went second overall in this last draft, and we're talking about potential guys like Jack Hughes for this year, and and then potentially Will Smith, you know, in another year and a half from now. But quality all through the rounds. Uh, get if you have an opportunity, get out and see him, watch him, see what's making them be successful. Look at the details and the, and the skills and the details in their game. There's a lot to be learned from that, and it's going to be exciting and to watch and follow and, and uh, at New England Hockey Journal. We're going to be glad to bring that to you. So for the New England Hockey Journal Rinkwise podcast, Kirk Ludicky, Jeff Cox signing off. Until next time, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.